Rabbi Boisai. I was start, supposed to start at 10 o'clock, so it was still a little early. I think the, Jew, the Jewish 10 is 11.30, no? What's the Jewish 10? Huh? Our subject this morning, Be'ezer Hashem, is to talk a little about tefillah. But, however, since the major part of, of, of the zebra of the audience isn't, didn't come yet, so, slowly as they come in, I'd like to tell you a Dvar Torah. And after the Dvar Torah, I'll come to our subject. <coughs> you all know that the Yavonim, the Greeks, that we have so much to discuss about them on Hanukkah, they made three commandments, three gezeras against the Jewish people. Shabbos, Mila, and Rishchodesh. They, they get, went out against Shabbos, not to keep Shabbos. Went out against Rishchodesh, whatever that means. And they went against Mila, Rish Mila. And Hanukkah is eight days. And if you make a cheshmer, it's 2,000 years, eight times 2,000, how many speeches and how many <laughs> joshes were said to explain why these three mitzvahs. So I imagine it's a, it's a few hundred thousand. So my, my explanation will be for 300,001. Why these three mitzvahs? Now, I think that the, the reason is as follows. The Rambam says, it's very interesting, and I'm not sure that this is according to Omar Farshim, that a guy, the words of the Rambam is, are that the guy who wants to do any one of the mitzvahs in order to receive schar, in order to receive reward, in other words, if a guy wants to be invited to our house and to eat matzah on the old Pesach, could you imagine? So we, you can teach him that if you eat, if you eat the piece of matzah, kazayas, within the right time, then you get a mitzvah and you'll have schar. In Yiddish they say, as a Yavoni in the sukkah. Like a Greek in the sukkah, which is completely, you know, just completely out of... But it's not true. According to the Rambam, if a guy eats a, eats a piece of bread in a sukkah, he gets a mitzvah and he gets schar. If he puts a mezuzah on his door, he puts on tefillin, he wears tzitzis, he gets schar. There is one mitzvah that the guy cannot have, which is Shabbos. Akum sheshovas chayav misa. A guy cannot keep Shabbos. Besides Shabbos, he can keep any one of the mitzvahs. Now, <clears throat> The second mitzvah which I think the guy doesn't have is Rishchodesh. The reason is, because let us describe for a moment what is Rishchodesh. The Torah says, Ha'chodesh hazeh lochem. This creation called Rishchodesh, which is actually the nature of the year cycle, is given over to Bezdin, to the Jewish people, and they actually... Create the Rosh Chodesh. Chazal tell us that when Rosh Hashanah comes, the angels say to Hashem, when is Rosh Hashanah? And Hashem says, why do you ask me? Come let us together go to Bezdin and we'll hear when they, when they describe Rosh Hashanah. In other words, the nature of the world, the world cycle, and even the physical nature, because the world cycle has many physical aspects. I'll tell you, the Marshal... Not Tafka Rosh Chodesh, I want to tell you something very interesting. The Chazanish says as follows, listen. It's something very interesting, even though it's a little lumdish, but both sides of the Mechitzah can hear how beautiful it is. The Chazanish says, the Torah says, that there is such a thing called as a Tefach. A Tefach, now a Tefach, let's say that's around 9 centimeters according to the Shittas. The Torah did not give us an absolute measure of a Tefach. Every rabbi measures his own Tefach. The Chazanish says as follows. There's a halacha in the, in the Gemara that a behavior falls off a height, then by nature he might be a trafer. He'll die. It's called a nefula, a fallen animal. So imagine you have a height like this, something like this, and an animal went and fell off, a chicken fell off. And you go to the rabbi and you say, is he kosher or not kosher? And the rabbi measures. 
Now, Rabbi A, Aleph, measures and says, it has ten tfokhim. No good. Rabbi Bey says, his hand's a little smaller, and has less than ten tfokhim. The Chazarish says, by nature, if Rabbi Aleph is addressed, and he says, according to the Torah, that it has ten tfokhim, the Bahir will naturally die. And if Rabbi Bey's was addressed, and he measures by nature the behemoth, did not fall of tent for him, the behemoth will naturally live. Because the nature of the world was given over simply to the power of Torah. And that is Rishchidosh. Now, a guy doesn't have this power. So we find a guy has no Rish Shabbos, and a guy has no Rishchidosh. The Koyach HaToyim. You with me? Alright. The third mitzvah is Mila. And the Gemara says, If someone says, I swear, I am not going to have any enjoyment from Arelim, from uncircumcised people. And here you have a guy who made Bris Mila. Because a guy, even if he makes Bris Mila, he is still called an Oro. A Jew, even if he doesn't make bris milah, he's still called a moho. Say so we find three mitzvahs that the guy doesn't have. Shabbos, Rishchodesh, and bris milah. If this is the case, probably these three mitzvahs express the most crucial point in Judaism. And I want to explain according to this, what really is the crucial point of Judaism. And I'll explain it in such a way. What is Shabbos and what is Mila? Shabbos tells us, when Shabbos walks in, Shabbos tells us one beautiful message. Shavas, everything stops. The world belongs with its 100% to Hashem. You can go out to the world and you can try to do business. You could look for the best doctor. You could be the smartest person and try to raise your children with, with, with most delicious nachas. Etc., etc. Shavas, the world belongs to Hashem. And Shabbos emphasizes it in so many words. When Shabbos comes in, stop everything, and all there is is Hashem. Now, what does Rishchidosh tell us? Rishchidosh tells us the exact opposite. Hashem says, Look, the neshama of the world is the Torah. Who owns the Torah? Who decides the Torah? The Jewish people. The world belongs 100% to the Jewish people. And here you have a dintur. You know what a dintur means? You have a fight between two powers. Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh. Shabbos says everything belongs to Hashem. Rosh Chodesh says everything belongs to Am Yisrael, to the Jewish people. So what is the answer on this struggle? And the answer is as follows. <coughs> now I would like to talk with you people. This is, this is previous to my, to my, to my, to my drosha. It's a Dvar Torah. But I think that it's important for everyone to try to understand what I'm trying to bring out because it's a very important point. Let us learn for a moment Baba Metziah, Daf Beis. Did anybody here ever learn Baba Metziah? No. So it's always, it's always good to start. So let us learn a Mishnah together. The Mishnah starts as follows. If two people walk and they're holding on to a talus and they come into Bezin. They walk into Bezin and they're holding a shirt, let's say. And he's holding on to it. And he's holding on to it. He says, it's all mine. And he says, it's all mine. And they come to Bezin and they're screaming their heads off. He says it's mine, and he says it's mine. What's the deal? So the Mishnah says, Yachleiko. Divide it up. Half is his, and half is his. That's the Mishnah. Now I have a Shailah. What's the halacha? If two people walk into Bezdin, and each one they're holding on to that shirt. He says, it's all yours. Please, it's all yours. 
says, no, it's all yours. What's the halach? What's the halach? He says, it's all yours. What? So, this Robinson says something very, very smart, and I want to explain. Let me, let me tell you. The first thing, let me tell you, when you have a shaila, you're supposed to look, 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 look in the Torah. The Torah describes, this is a story that really happened. The Medrash tells us as follows. Alexander Mugden, Alexander the Great, used to travel over the whole world. And he once came to a far, away, a far, far away country, and he visited the king, he introduced himself, he's the greatest king in the world, Alexander the Great. <coughs> and he said, I want to study your ways, the way... So the king says, all right. It didn't come long. Two people came to the king for judgment. Mr. A said, it's a true story. My dear king, we have a big problem between us. I bought a piece of property, a field, for my friend. And as I was plowing my field, I found a treasure. A treasure which, which is worth a lot of money. And this treasure doesn't belong to me. I bought a field, I didn't buy a treasure. I picked up the box, I gave it back. So the king says, what's the problem? So the second says, no, I'm sorry. When I sold the field, the piece of property, I sold it with everything it possesses. And it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to him. So here Reuven says, it all belongs to Shimon. And Shimon says, it all belongs to Reuven. And they come to the king and they're fighting. Our, our, our situation. So this, this king said to Alexander, what would you say? Said to Alexander, the Greek king, what, what would you say? How would you, what would you do over here? Alexander says, if I, be, if I would have to do this judgment, I would kill them both and take the money for the king. <laughs> so the king says, yeah. In your country, in Greece, does the sun shine? He says, yeah. Does the rain come down? He says, yeah. Are there animals? Yes. Oh, now I know where the sun shines. For the animals, not for you people. You don't deserve the sun. You don't deserve the rain. So the king says, I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. And he says to the first, by the way, can I stop for a moment and put a parenthesis? What is this Alexander trying to say? I would kill them both and take the money for the king. I mean, he's a, he, what is he, a Hitler? I mean, the, the, the Chazal is teaching us something. The Greek the king said, if such a thing would come to me, I would kill them both and I would take the money for the kingdom. Why? Because you have two nice people that deserve to be beheaded? This is not my discussion this morning. But I think it needs to be explained. Alexander was saying something very, very smart. And he was right in his way. He said, look, when you have a country, the kingdom is the society of the country. Now, how is society built? Society is built by each one, every person saying, it's all mine. Imagine, you have here a hotel, you enjoy the carpets. The one who made this carpet, why did he make this carpet? Because he wanted to make money. He wanted to make money. He was hungry for riches. He made the carpet. The bread we ate today, someone plowed, and someone cut, and someone made the bread, and all these people said, I want to make money. It's all out of selfishness. And that is the creation of the world. So Alexander said, if you have two people that don't care about themselves, they're not pulling for themselves, and he says, it's yours, and he says, it's yours, the whole world will be destroyed. The world can be built, everyone, everyone wants for himself to be rich, he'll build a factory, he'll make clothes. That's what Alexander was saying. So two people who are always kind, no, you take, you take, you take, you take. So we don't, we don't be eating, we'd be eating grass. Alexander, I would kill them both and take the money for the king. So the king says, yes. The way you look at life, then, then, then you should know that Hashem gives, gives sun and, and, and rain for animals. Because that's not really what builds the country. But let us continue. So the king says, I'll, I'll tell you what the halach is. What's the halach? Isn't this a very interesting problem? So the king p p points to one of them and says, Do you have a son? He says, yes, Baruch Hashem, I have a son. Do you have a daughter? Yes, I have a daughter. 
marry them and give the treasure as a wedding present. That's the story. Now let me try to explain what was what was what is the explanation of what 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 Chazal are trying to teach us here. <coughs> the explanation is as follows: When you have a talus, let's talk about the word talus. It's it's a, it's, it's a word which is brought in Chazal, and you have two people fighting over it. There are two ways they can fight over it. One way is each one says it's all mine. He says it's all mine, and he says it's all mine. Another one way is each one says it's all yours. Like the story we had. He says it's all yours, he says it's all yours. The halacha is as follows. This is the halacha of these two, these two problems. On the first problem, if he says it's all mine, and he says it's all mine, the halacha is he gets half and he gets half. That's the halacha. By the way, if you have a shirt and each one gets a half, so I have one sleeve and you have one sleeve and we're both left with nothing. But if I say it's all yours and you say it's all yours, then the halacha is that each one really deserves the whole thing. Because I'm not taking from you, I'm giving it to you. And you're not yet taking from me. So I have to get the whole thing, I have to get the whole thing. So how do we create this paradox? By becoming partners. By, by, by becoming mukhutanim. Your son marries my daughter and together they'll enjoy the whole thing. My dear friends, this is the build-up of Judaism. Three mitzvahs. Shabbos says, it's all Hashem's. It's all Hashem's. Rosh Chodesh says, Hashem says, the Torah is all yours. You people, it's all yours. It's all yours. But we don't fight with Hashem. We say, in Shir Hashirim, there's a big fight between Hashem and the Jewish people. Hashem tells us, we tell Hashem, Hashem tells us, Kulach Yotho Rayosi. My beloved, you are all beautiful. And we say to Hashem, Hil Choyofa, no, you're the one who's beautiful. So we fight with Hashem. Hashem says, you're beautiful. We say, you're beautiful. So we say, Shabbos, it's all yours. And Hashem says, Rishchoyos, it's all yours. So what do we do? Brismila. We get together, we make a bris, we make a connection, and we live with Hashem and unity. And that's the way we have everything and Hashem has everything. Now, what has to be explained is, practically speaking, how does it work? Now, when it comes to our world, we know what it means. When you have a man and husband, a man and wife, a man and wife living together in a house, there's two ways how to live in a home. There's one way to say, Hini yofe, Rayosi. And he says, Hini yofe. He can say, look, I'm beautiful. Look how much I do for you. Look how much I help you. And she says, but I'm beautiful. Look how much I serve you. Look how much I help you. He says, Kula Shali. And he says, Kula Shali. What happens is, the children come home. And he says, look, it's my children. Etc. And she says, it's my children. He's right and she's right. What happens is, he takes a half and he takes a half, the house is split, and each one has a half a shirt, he has one sleeve and he has one sleeve, and little Yankel, the poor thing, is pulled together to pieces, and he's the one who suffers. But if you have a family that works different, he says, Kuli Shulcho. You're the mother of the children. You're the light of the house. The house is yours. And she says, Kuli Shulcho. The house is yours. You're the husband of the house. It's all yours. So each one recognizes the fullness of each other. Then they get together. They live in harmony. They live in unity. And in the end, each one has the 100%. That's what it means, bris. That's what it means, shalom bayis. But the moment you start fighting kula shali, and by the way, even chotzi shali, if someone says a half is mine, a half is yours, you also cut it apart. The only way is if you say Kula Shilcha and he says Kula Shilcha, you're all deserving, and he says you're all deserving, that is the way that each one remains with the whole thing. Now, let us come back to the great partnership between Hashem and the Jewish people. How does it work? We say to Hashem, Shabbos Kodesh, the world is all yours. And Hashem said to us, Rish Kodesh, I gave you my Torah, 
And if I gave you my Torah, the world is all yours. So practically speaking, how do we live together with Hashem? And the answer is as follows. Hashem set up a situation that the world is 100% His and the world is 100% ours. Let me tell you how it works. Now, let me bring you an example. What is the most precious thing in our world? Almost the rain. How does rain work? Let us talk about, about rain because it's something very important. We in America don't appreciate rain because you just open the faucet. But you should know, by the way, if there's no rain, there's no faucet. But let's talk a moment about the rain, about the precious, precious drop of rain. How does rain come? Now, you know how rain comes? The rain comes from the clouds. And the rain is 100% comes from Hashem. Am I right? Imagine if it's a drought. So what do you do? You hire an airplane or a helicopter, and you go above the clouds, and you buy some Pesach Tikazalt. In my time, Pesach Tikazalt was an expression of, of course, so today they have really uh, thin Pesach Tikazalt. And you sprinkle on the clouds. A drop of rain you cannot bring back. You cannot get a drop of rain. You have to wait for Hashem. You're not able to get a drop out of the sky. You cannot get a drop of rain on your own. You cannot get a drop of parnosa out of your own. A penny you cannot get. You cannot get a penny of nachas of your own. There's nothing, a penny of health of your own. Everything comes from Hashem. The world belongs 100% to Hashem. This is Hashem's part of the world and it's all His. He doesn't give us a penny. Let us discuss the rain again. How does rain come? Hashem sends rain. Who decides the rain? We say it every single day. Either twice, three times, at least twice. We say every day. V'hoi Hashem says, if you'll be tzaddikim, you're going to have rain. I'm going to hold back the sky. So who brings the rain? We bring the rain. We bring the rain. You see what a beautiful setup? In other words, the factual rain Hashem brings. But really, who decides for Hashem, we, with our mitzvahs. So let me ask you, who does the world belong to? 100% to Hashem. And 100% to us. That's how the world works. It belongs 100% to Hashem. Let me bring another example. Hashem sits in Rosh Hashanah and opens up three books. And in this book, He writes everything. He writes our health. He writes our happiness. He writes our families. And when He, and when he doesn't invite us to put one word into that book. Everything is decided by Hashem. Every penny we earn, every headache, every toothache, everything is decided by Hashem. And Hashem writes in this book for each and every one of us for a whole year. Everything that will happen to us, everything which is close to us and precious to us, Hashem writes, and no one could write one word. What does Hashem write? Shall I tell what Hashem writes? What we dictate to him, that's what he writes. If we say, If we say, please Hashem, we want your closeness, Hashem writes everything good. If we say, Hashem, we don't care, we're not interested in you, Hashem writes something else. So look how beautiful the setup is. Hashem writes everything, and we dictate to him. The world is ours, the world is his. That's how the world is set up. And with this, I'm going to start my lecture now. <clears throat> I'm going to continuation what I, what, I, what, I, what I started off with, and I'd like to bring this out very closely. My dear friends, the real bris, the connection between us and Hashem, the practical connection between us and Hashem is tefillah, is prayer. It's very important to understand this. Tefillah, besides being a mitzvah, but really, tefillah is the life plan of our world. The Gemara calls it Chaye Olam Hazir. Torah is called Chaye Olam Habo. Because the diamonds of Torah, every word that we study, is so precious that there is no way to translate it to this world. How should I bring a marshal? Imagine someone learning a black Gemara. And he, he learned, let's say, 200 
words of Torah. Or anyone on the side of the Mechitza reads an art scrolls, reads a Hashkofa book. It could be anyone's in English or in any language, but if it's Torah. If it's Torah. And you read, and let's say you have two words of, 200 words of Torah. What mushroom should I bring you? Imagine someone is traveling where I live, out in the Negev. Imagine someone's traveling out, out in the Negev. And he, uh, he's between Yerucham and Demona, and it's hot, and he's scorched, he's, he wants something to drink. And lo and behold, he sees a kiosk, he, he sees a candy store, out in the sticks over there. He stops by, he says, do you have soda? Yes. What soda? With a hechshir. Isn't that wonderful? How much does it cost a bottle of soda? Over here it's expensive. Over here it costs a dollar fifty. Oh, a dollar fifty. All I have is a thousand dollar bill. Do you have change? <laughs> All I have is a dime which is worth a hundred thousand dollars. Are you able to change it for me? See, so you know what the end is? The end is he goes out thirsty. Because there's no way for him to translate these riches into a glass of soda. That's Torah. Torah is Chaylem Habbo. Every word of Torah that we, that, we, that we study is put away for that wonderful day that it will be opened up with its greatness and its endlessness. But this is not our subject at this moment. What is tefillah? Tefillah is the life pattern of this world. Why? Because of everything we discussed previously. This world belongs with a 100% to Hashem. It's very important for us to know it. Hashem never divided up this world with us. Never divided up this world. Never. Hashem never said what we think. You know, the world is half yours, half mine. You go out and work, and you do your part, and I'll give Sia to the Shemaya, and I'll do my part, and together we'll build the world. Hashem never set up the world in such a situation. This world was never divided between Hashem Yisbarach and the Jewish people. Never. That's what the Goyim think. The Goyim think you have to work hard and you have to have good luck. In other words, half is mine and half is some kind of power on top. The Jewish people know that this is a mistake. The world belongs 100% to Hashem. That's the world. It's extremely important for us to realize this. And the reason why we go out and work is because it's a, it's, it's, it's a knas, it's a punishment for the Mauritian's head for our sins. You have to go out and work. But there's a day in the week that teaches us, you eat and you drink, and everything is beautiful, everything is delicious, on the day that you don't work, because really your work is not what does it. Hashem gives us everything, and that's Shabbos. But Hashem says, all right, it's all my world. It's all my world. But so how do I, how do I run this world? I run this world out of love of the Jewish people. Let us get together, let us make a bris. And what you taught, what you tell me, how we live in unity and harmony, that is how I'm going to run my world. And this is essentially called tefillah. And that's why tefillah has to be three times a day. Shachris, Mincha, and Marif. And the Kuzari says, Shachris, Mincha, and Marif, literally, is breakfast, lunch, and supper. That's what Kuzari says. It's literally breakfast, lunch, and supper. Why do we eat breakfast? To live. Why do we eat lunch? Because my breakfast was digested. I have, to, I have to continue living. And why do we eat supper? I have to continue living. And that's what the Kazari understands. But we, a modern generation, we know what a 12 o'clock snack means. And when it comes to tefillah, it's a good idea for a 12 o'clock snack. It's a good idea. Because you wait till the morning, the house can chalashen. Because tefillah is life of this world. Tefillah is our communication with Hashem. That's what tefillah is. What I'm going to discuss this morning is many, some, some practical points about tefillah. Now, we know that tefillah is a problem. I mentioned before one of my, one of my lectures, and I told you a little, a little, some kind of a story that a fellow came to me and said to me, how do you get tefillah bekavona? And I answered him, if you would be able to down with the Kavana, then, then, then you got it. You don't, have to, you don't have to continue living. In other words, tefillah is the struggle of life. There's no shortcut. 
There's no trick to tefillah. But we can train ourselves to daven correctly and to daven with kavona. And I would like to give several suggestions of how we achieve and we acquire this power which is actually the neshama of the world, our connection to Hashem called tefillah. Now, before I start, I'd like to be very careful. What I'm going to say now, part of what I'm going to say is a little revolutionary. And it's very important for you people to understand that I'm not trying to cut off what you know until now. I'm not talking to a people, you understand, to my religious people. For sure, if you want to dive in well, you have to work on it. You have to read the books to discuss it. And there are a lot of ways that you know as well as I do of how to acquire the power of tefillah. But I would like to add one of two points, which might be a little new to, to some of you, but surely not to omit, not to cut off everything that you know. First of all, we know, before we start, Aetis, before we start of how to do things, it's important we know how tefillah is built. I mention this every time in the seminar because it's extremely important to know it. Tefillah basically has two parts to it. The two parts are called Sloisi Uva'usi. My prayer and my begging. Tfilosi Ubakoshosi. Tsloisi, Tfila, prayer, usually refers to the precious siddur that we have. The most precious possession that we got from Hashem is this beautiful siddur. This siddur is a piece of dynamite. This siddur was created by Avraham Avinu, who created Tfilas Shachas, Yitzchok Avinu, who created Tfilas Mincha, Yaakov Avinu, who created Tfilas Arvis. In order to appreciate a Siddha, I bring a marshal. I'm Bez Hashem. On this Wednesday, Bez Hashem should help me the right time. I'm going to go home, Bez Hashem. I don't know if I live in Eretz Israel. It's not easy to get to Eretz Israel. So what you do is, you go by plane. You don't walk, you go by plane. How does a plane work? A plane has a pilot. A plane has a pilot. And he's a very important person. You ever see him with his, with his all his fancy badges, his gold buttons, and a fancy hat? Because he's very important. He carries 700 people. No, there's Mishalachim, Mishashivas, Mashgichim. He's very important. So let me tell you how it works. You go out to Kennedy Airport, and the pilot gets, walks down the gangplank. On the bottom, there's two big, you ever see the two big tires? And he takes the plane, and he gives it a shove, and he gives it a vast till Israel. My dear friends, he can't move that plane. He can't move it even an inch. But I'll tell you what he does. The plane has a motor. And this motor was built by genius people. This motor has millions of parts to it. He gets up into that cockpit and he sits down. He takes off his jacket because no one's looking. And he, and he drinks a glass of coffee and he presses buttons. And all of a sudden the plane starts moving and it could pick itself up with enormous power. Is it his power? No. It's the power of the motor that was created by great people. That's what our siddur is. We get up in the morning and we take a siddur and we say, Baruch Omar. Is that our power? It's Avram Avinu's power. We use Avram Avinu's power. This is dynamite. And this is not a plane to Israel. This is a rocket to the Kisei HaKovet. Every morning Avram Avinu brings us to Hashem to the Kisei HaKovet. And the afternoon, Yitzchak Avinu, with his power, brings us to the Kisei HaKovet. And Yaakov Avinu brings us to the Kisei HaKovet. And when we say to him, to our children, one of the rabbis sitting here asked me yesterday, I say to him, I don't really understand the words, is it worth it to say to him? And the answer is as follows. You're to him, you're to him, I don't know how much it's worth. Who would you like to say to him for your children? Would you like the Chavaz Chaim say tilim for your children? Wouldn't that be great? I think so. Would you like Rashi Akurish say tilim for your children? Chazal tell us that when you say a Dvar Torah in the name of a Tzaddik, his lips are moving in where he is and where he is buried. 
Well, every word of Tilman that you say at that moment, David HaMelech himself is saying these words to Hashem and praying for your children. Whether you understand the words, you don't understand them. When you say Tilman, you are utilizing David HaMelech's power. And Anshe Knesset HaGdoyle, which were 120 Zikanim, they had come and Avim. They built a package called Our Sitter. And you know some of them called Mordechai Atzadik, Zubovel, Ezra HaSefer, Chagai, Zachari, Malachi, Hanani, Mishol, Vazari, Daniel. These were people who built a package of power that actually connect us with Hashem. And this is called Tefillah. And I always say this, when people ask me, especially the side of the Mechitza, a woman's supposed to daven, I'm not a, I'm not a rabbi, I certainly don't pass Shilas, I certainly don't pass Shilas, but, and I'm really not saying anything Lemaise, I'm not saying anything factual, but just know the power, just know the power of what, what, what this, what this, what this compasses. Now, we come to the Moshe, of the plane, you have a motor, a motor. I, I I never learned mechanics. Once in a while, when I I have Baruch Hashem at home, and the washing machine isn't working, so I'm have a lumbishik cup, you know. So you take a screwdriver, and you imagine if you put, you take it apart, you put it back together, probably things will come better. You know, so I pull it up, you know, I take it apart, and I look at it. In Yiddish, they say, "I hone You know, you ever see a chicken looking to the benedim? So the Kapora's chicken, I look at it, I say, well, if I put it together, it'll probably be all right. And I put it back together, and lo and behold, there's a couple extra, 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 extra screws. <laughs> My wife says, what are these? Yeah, this is Tom. <laughs> these are extras. <laughs> there are no extras. An intelligent person made this motor. He didn't make any extras. Because a screw costs money, takes effort, and here we have a siddur. We have our precious siddur. And then, you understand, you have, a little, you have a little extras in the beginning, a little extras in the end, a little extras in the middle. Every word is precious. Every word is part of this machine. If you come late to davening, and you say, and you miss one of those halukas, it's an earthquake. You're missing a piece of life. Because our Seder is a shlemus, is a completeness, is a greatness. Not in our capacity, but in the capacity of Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. Just like our word, our Torah, and we have enough respect that when the Rebbe in, in, the, in, in the shul gets up and says a drasha, or Rashi says, and the question is, why does it say, Bereshit's brother came, Es HaShamayim? Why does it say, Es? And we have enough respect to term. We don't say, well, it's extra. It's not extra. Hashem put it there. Every part of that Siddur is precious, is dynamite, is explosive, and really is Hashem's plan to keep His world alive. Every morning, Hashem waits, Kaviyochel. And Hashem, it's Hashem's world, like I said. It doesn't work automatically. The way I describe it, doesn't work automatically. I say, Hashem gives rain, Hashem gives rain. Hashem gives rain when He wants to give rain, because it's all His. But really, deeply, everything is depending on us. And the life of the world, in this great setup of Zayim Ekula Shulcha, Zayim Ekula Shulcha, in this brisk disconnection between us and Hashem, Hashem says, I will, 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 will take care of every prat in this world. And your part of this connection is Philip, this wonderful sitter. And this is one part of Philip. Now Philip has another part, which is called Bakoshosi. Bakoshosi is something else completely. Bakoshosi is the simple act of talking to Hashem out of heart and out of feeling. And really, this is the beauty and the greatness of tefillah. The beauty and the greatness of tefillah is bakosha. And this 
does not have to be in Avram Avinu's language. It does not have to be in Antichrist's language. This could be in any language. It could be in English or in Hebrew. It could be in Spanish. It could be in Hungarian. It could be in, in Russian. And the best language is Hartsprach. The Chavetz Chaim, the Polish, the Polish governor said a new, a new language called Hartsprach. He said the Chavetz Chaim, he said, I don't know what you said, but you spoke heart language. And Hashem understands every language, and the most precious language to Hashem is Hartsprach. And when a Jewish man or Jewish woman in any time talks to Hashem out of their heart, this is the beauty and the greatness of tefillah. And the question is, how do we get to Hashem? Hashem is the Kisya Kovit. Where's Avram's rocket? How do I arrive to the Kisya Kovit? And the answer is because when you're in pain, you don't have to go up to the Kisya Kovit. The Kisya Kovit is with you. As Chazal tells us, I'm with you when you're in a moment of pain. The greatness of tefillah is when you put them both together. When you dive in, in the words of Chazal, when you make a bracha, and you have kavona, this is the greatness and the beauty of tefillah. And here we're coming to the crux of our discussion. How do we acquire this power to have kavona and tefillah? And it's a very big problem. Everyone sitting here knows good and well what this problem means. We dive in, our mouth carries us away. We say to him, our mouth carries us away. Whether we understand what it says, we don't understand what it says. And it bothers us, and we know and we feel that we're missing the, all the beauties of life. And how do we solve this problem? Now, the answer is, in my opinion, as follows. Tefillah, as we had said, and let us maybe for this moment translate the word tefillah. Tefillah means connection. That's what tefillah means. I think you know that Leah said, Naftulei Elohim niftalti imachoisi. Excuse me, Rachel said. Naftulei Elohim niftalti imachoisi v'gam yecholti. When Leah had a lot of children, and Rachel was without children, and she gave Bila, and she says, Naftulei Elohim, Hashem connected me with my sister. Naftulei means to be connected. And Tfilah means to be connected to Hashem. This connection to, with us to Hashem how does it work? And the answer is, every connection, every bris, has to come from two sides. Let me explain this. The Basil Sisharim, in his beautiful language, calls it, he doesn't speak about Philip, he speaks about Kedusha, which is really one and the same thing. He calls it, Tchilosoy Heshtadlus V'soyfoy Maton. We're working on it. And at the end, it comes with a present. And let me explain what this means. It means as follows. In order for us to share our lives with Hashem, in order for us to be connected to Hashem, and have this koyach, this power, to talk to Hashem, to spend time with Hashem, which is really what tefillah is. That's what tefillah is, to talk to Hashem. Baruchat to Hashem. To talk, to spend time with Hashem. That's what tefillah is. Really, this connection has to be two-sided. Because if I want to talk to Hashem, and Hashem doesn't want to talk to me, it's not going to work. And this is the Bach. In this famous Sefer, Bayez Chodesh, which is the, one of the greatest sages we have in the Achreinim, I think you all know, this side of the Mechitzah maybe doesn't know that well. The Bach who lived a few hundred years ago, he says these words, he says, If you want to have Kavana, you should know it's not in your hand. It's, it's an impossibility on our part. And the reason is, since Tefillah is a real communication, it's a real simple communication, this communication has to have, I don't know what the Moshul is, it's like when you call someone on the phone. You can dial, you can scream at the receiver. But if he, you know, today they have in the modern world, he's, he sees who's calling. If he sees your number on that, on that screen, and he doesn't pick up, you're not going to get through. It might be busy, or it might be no answer. 
He's not, you're not going to get through. He has to, on his part, pick up and then the conversation will flow. And here, my dear friends, we have to define with utmost clarity with whom is Hashem interested in communicating? With whom is Hashem interested in communicating? In simple, martial, whose telephone does Hashem pick up? And I would say, well, Sadiqim, for sure. Rishoyim, for sure not. And here Dovra Melech said, not Sadiqim, not Rishoyim. Dovra Melech said in so many words, he said, listen, Koriv Hashem, Hashem is close, L'chol Koriv, L'chol Asher Yikre'uhu Be'emes. You don't have to be a tzaddik, you don't have to be a Russian. That's not completely underpending. What is important is if you're looking for closeness of Hashem. If you're looking for Hashem, you'll find Hashem. If you're looking to, to spend time with Hashem. I don't know how to say it. Hashem is not particular. In this, Hashem is very particular. It's very important to do mitzvahs. But in our discussion, many times you find in a home, because we're talking in a mush of a bris, of a communication with people, it's not so important. It's not so important what you do. It's more important the atmosphere that you create in this partnership. Now, when we, for instance, as a mushal, we, we, we run into the shul, we make a bracha, and our actions... With such, how should I say, with such clear demonstration that Hashem, really, I have no time for you. I'm in a hurry. This long chakras, I don't know who made it. You know, Pinky says it's a, it's a motor. I don't know, whatever it is, whoever made it had time. <laughs> and every time, excuse me, you walk out of the bathroom, like, you know, couldn't you have said, Baruch HaTah Shemri V'chol Basim Falasavis, Ooh, Nukovim, 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 Please, Hashem, I'm in the middle of business. I have to run. I have no time for you. I have no time for you, Hashem. If Hashem says, if you have no time for me, in English they say, goodbye, good luck. I'm being very clear. If we come to Hashem and we say, Hashem, this siddur, this siddur is precious. Please, Hashem, open up for my heart what's going on over here. And we demonstrate we have time to be Hashem. We're looking for Hashem. We want to spend time in the, in, in the siddur. And we, and we demonstrate our ava, our love, and our affection to our precious siddur, to our precious Hashem. Hashem and His part will open up for us every beauty and every greatness and every depth that we look in our life. That's what tefillah is. It's trilosa yeshtadlus ilusoyfa matona. When we arrive to shul those five minutes early, and I'm talking about this side of the mechitza, and at the same time this side of the mechitza, you don't have to dive in a shul. But, but you feel the preciousness. And you appreciate that this is Hashem. This is the sin. This is the connection. And when you, when you butter the bread for that little yingala, you could say, Ashrei, that doesn't really matter. But it's an expression of, of, of cheshek to become close to Hashem. This is the greatness, the beauty of tefillah. And I, it's hard for me to say, but I guarantee you, that the day will come that the words will melt in your mouth. Because that's really what tefillah is. Tefillah really is the communication and the shaykhis and the krisas bris. The marriage ring between us and Hashem. Our precious siddha. And here's where we meet and here with this great, with this great fight that we say to Hashem, and we don't say, we say, Hashem, the world is yours. And Hashem says, the world is yours. 
and we get together and we live together in harmony. But there has to be harmony. And that is our sid. I think you all know. And I want to say this. It's a it's a it's a vertical, it's not it's not really a Dvar Torah. But I, I I have a feeling. What is the first mitzvah that we teach our children? The first, first mitzvah. And everyone knows, Rabbonon, we are taught Tinuk a baby a child knows how to speak. His father teaches him Torah. Which part of Torah? It's true. But in most Jewish homes, there is something which you teach a child even before he knows how to speak. When a little baby is toddling around, and usually in many of our homes they have bookcases from top to bottom because Baruch Hashem have a lot of sphere. And the little baby that takes out a safer or finds a safer on a chair and throws it on the floor. What does mommy tell him? Give a kiss. Give a kiss. That's the first thing we teach our children. Give a kiss to a sitter. Give a kiss to a chumash. That's the first chinuch that we give our children. To give a kiss to a chumash. To love the chumash. To love the sitter. To love the sitter. Because if you love the sitter, if you love the sitter, you love Hashem. Because that's what the sitter is. And that's why Am Yisrael has this meaning. To, to, if it's on the floor, you pick it up, you give it a kiss. And in previous generations, today it's not much, they used to decorate the shuls. The women used to come and used to put decorations on the walls. Decorations of the Sefer Torah. Because the whole issue really is an issue of communication, of affection between us and Hashem. And if we can demonstrate our Siddur, how much we love our Siddur, this is the connection between us and Hashem. Now, in simple language, I want to tell you a joke. There's not time for jokes at this moment. But I want to tell you a joke which, which really emphasizes halacha lemaisa, mamish, you know, the real halacha lemaisa. I said this many times, I'll say it over again. They say it's toward Herschel's Tepolio. I think you all heard of Herschel's Tepolio. Herschel's Tepolio was a, a smart guy. And one time he was out, you know, he was, he was running around, and he was in town, came a Shabbos, and he walks to a Shabbos, walks over to the Gabi, and he says, I'm a guest, I don't have where to eat, please set me up for a Shabbos meal. So the guy says, alright, I'll set you up. So Herschel says, you know, this guy, he looks, points at this guy, he looks, he looks, he looks like he has food in his house. You know, you know, spectacled looking fellow. Herschel don't go to him because he's a terrible counsel. He's the worst. Well, he looks like a rich guy. You know what he does? He's a miser at every piece of bread. You know what he does? He invites, he invites a poor person to his house. And he'll bring you a plate of fish, bring you a plate of chicken, plate of meat. And he starts schmoozing. Where you're from? What's your father? What's your mother? And the nebuch, the poor guy is embarrassed. And he talks and he talks and talks. And the guy walks out hungry. Don't go to him because you walk out hungry. And she says, that's the case. Here's for me. Here's what I need. No. It comes there. It comes there on Shabbos. They make Yiddish. And he gives a little drop of wine because, you know, in the middle of Kiddush you can't talk. <laughs> gives him a drop of wine. And they make a moitzi. And gives a little piece of challah. And they bring a portion of fish. And before Herschel could even start eating, Herschel, where you from? No. Herschel already found out that this guy comes from Leipzig. So they're from Leipzig. Oh, you're from Leipzig? It's my town. Oh, nice. Tell me, you know, in Leipzig, on the, that, this in the street, there was a butcher shop. Do you know the guy? He says, yeah, I know him, but never he passed away. Oh, boy. He tells his wife, Malka, did you hear? The butcher man passed away. He owes me 200 rubble. And Herschel is eating and eating and eating. <laughs> Nebuch. And he says, Herschel, you know the fruit man in the next door? How is he doing? Nebuch, he passed away. Oy vavoy, he owes me money. What is this, healthcare? And what's about the grocery man? He also passed away. He says, Herschel, tell me, all of life just died out? So she says, you should know, when I eat, everything's dead. <laughs> Isn't that a nice story? That's not, it's not Herschel, it's me. <laughs> when we eat, everything is dead. But how is life supposed to be? When we daven, everything's supposed to be dead. That's what, that's what means to daven. When you say, Baruch HaToh Hashem Alekeinim Alecho Oilam, Hazonis HaOilam Kulay Betuvoy. We know how to start benching. And what happens, this is a riddle. 
for modern people. What happens when a Jewish man or a Jewish woman starts benching? And the answer is, the telephone rings. That's the answer. And the little boy comes over, hello? Yeah, Tati, so, Tati, you have a telephone. Mm -hmm. How can we bench? We have no time for Hashem. We're busy. There's someone on the phone. And my dear friends, let us talk together. We're here in the Mokim Kodesh. Hashem Kaviyochel is insulted. And Hashem says, look, if there's no communication, then, Chas V'Sholem. All Hashem wants from us is, Hashmini Esmarech Harini Esmarech Hashmini Esmarech Hikoylech Orev Umarech Yofen. Hashem wants us to live our lives together. Because as I started at the beginning, this is the answer to the whole setup of the world, the bris milah, the connection between us and Hashem. And the most important thing in a communication is to give time. The most important in communication is to give appreciation. That's the most important thing in communication. And Allah my suggestion is when you walk into that shul, when you walk into the shul, everything should be dead. The world should stop. You are now with Hashem. And that's what Shabbos is. That's what Shabbos is. I want to tell you a story. My dear friends, I mentioned this once, and I want to say it over again. And maybe this will forgive me. Hashem, I want to, one of the most terrible moments that I had in my life. This story happened to me personally. I'm telling you something, one of my own terrible moments. It happened to me 30, 31 years ago. I was going on a bus from, from Tel Aviv, because then those days there was no Sheirut. I went to Bnei Brak to Tel Aviv. On Tel Aviv, I was going on a bus, and <coughs> I was going to Yushalayim. And I was going on a bus, and I remember the Shkia was just about uh, 4.30. Just about, it was in the, uh, 4.30, quarter to 5. It was, it was the winter day. And I was traveling on the bus, and I realized I didn't have a mincha. I didn't have a mincha. And here I'm on the bus, and I have my film, and I have my stuff. Should I go off? Shouldn't I go off? Hashem helped me. In those days, the buses used to go a little slower than today. Not too much slower. I mean, I'm not, I'm not from 100 years ago. But the buses used to stop in Bet Shemesh. I think you all know what I'm talking about. In Bet Shemesh, we used to stop, used to get off, and tell the people to, to drink something, or for a moment, and five minutes later, the bus stopped in Bet Shemesh, and he said, the guy announced, Shalosh Takot, three minutes. Just wanted to just catch something to drink. Baruch Hashem, I jumped off the bus, and I started diving Shemini And I was under pressure, and here, I left my film on the bus, I left all my stuff on the bus, and I'm diving Shemini and I reached the end of Shemineser, and I'm a Litvak, I say, Shalom Rov, I can't forget that. And all of a sudden I hear, everyone's back on the bus, and I hear, you, know, you ever see, when he wants to call the people, he presses on the gears, Zoom! Zoom! And I'm in the Shemineser. I'm in the Shemineser. And under pressure, and I'll tell you what I did. I finished, Baruch HaTashem, Baruch HaSam, Shalom. And that last piece, I said, you let's feet, that last piece really is not the essential part of Shemineser. So I made myself a heter. And I didn't say that piece. And I said, Yehle Rutzen. I went three steps back. And I ran on the bus. And my dear friends, those words, Psach, Libi Bissar, Sechar, are running after me to this present day. And I promise you, if I would have had the strength to stay and to say, the world is dead, I'm talking to Hashem that I wouldn't be coming to America to, to give you Musa, you'd come to me to Israel. <laughs> and it's left me in Noch business talk. This appreciation, we're talking to Hashem, the world is bottled, you're talking to Hashem. You're talking to Hashem. Because in simple American slang, it's called, you really slam the door on his face. That's what happened. You ran away and slammed the door in his face. And Hashem doesn't like that. Hashem says, look, the world is mine. The world is mine. And, I, and you are mine. I'm, I'm yours and the world is mine. Let us, let us live together. But don't give me such a patch. And this is a Berchas HaMozayn. This is a Shehakul Nebedvoray. This is a Sheryotzar. If we demonstrate our will to be close to Hashem, to spend time with Hashem, 
to appreciate Hashem. It's not going to work like pressing buttons. But this communication opens up every beauty. And at the end we'll say, we'll say Hashem, Hashem, it's all yours. I'm saying it in the seat. I taught Melech Oilam. And Hashem says, no, my tyrant. Hil Choyof, it's all yours. It's all yours. And when we say, I say it's all yours, you say it's all yours, the end will be, will each one remain with our whole, wholeness, our greatness, our beauty. And that's why, as I mentioned last night, what does Hashem ask you? May brachas, those brachas. But the brachas should be, give time, a moment out of your time to Hashem. Spend time with Hashem, live with Hashem. Now, I just want to put one more, a very, very important point. A very big problem with filler is that many times we ask and we cry and we pray. And we don't see our prayers answered. Very, very big problem with filler. And everyone here experienced it once and over and over again. We are promised so many times that Hashem hears our fillers and Hashem answers our fillers. And, 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 and the Nevi'im already complained. Lomo Hashem. Esther Malka said, I call you by day and by night. You don't answer me. You don't answer me. And the answer is, we don't always see, and as I said, this is part of the plan. We don't see exactly how Hashem answers because there has to be emphasized that it's Hashem's world. But really, every word of our tefillah never was a world of tefillah spilled out on the floor. And sometimes we pray for someone who's very sick and we feel that our doors are closed and, and, and this person passes on. It happens to us many times. And we look at all the tilim that we said, all the mishaberichs, all the tilims we said, and we said, look, it was spilled out. It didn't work. Chas v'sholem. Every word is a diamond. Every word is there. And David HaMelech explained it, Sima dimasi b'noyed Hashem. Put my tears, and tears don't have to be wet tears, it could be dry tears. Put my tefillas, my prayers, b'noyed ch'ha means a little, a, little, a little basket, a little barrel. Hashem has a little bottle that He puts all the Jewish prayers in and the right time He'll take out a tear and He'll utilize it and use it. Hashem knows when, to, when we need Him most. We don't know when we need Him most. When we need Hashem the most. But Hashem knows when, when we really need Him. And many times in very crucial moments and we don't have the seich, we don't even have the mind to daven. And those tefillas that we daven, we could have daven who knows when. But every word is precious, every word is treasured by Hashem. And this is the great build-up of Am Yisrael, Hashem is Barach. The bris, the connection between us and Hashem is tefillah. And just like bris milah, just like bris milah, the connection means a certain amount of sacrifice. The first thing we teach a child when he's eight days old, he, he doesn't know anything. But if you want to be part of Hashem, sometimes it has to hurt. And we try to minimize it because if he'd be a year old, it would hurt more. But it has to get to spill a drop of blood. And many times, to be close to Hashem, sometimes it hurts. Sometimes in, in Benod Nechavah, we have to close our mouths. And it hurts. It hurts sometimes to close our mouths. It's time that Benod Nechavah, as I said, we have to sacrifice precious moments. Sometimes a precious telephone call, sometimes a precious... All kinds of situations. But if we can demonstrate a moment of mysterious nefesh for ba'ava, for the love of Hashem, and sometimes it's not easy, the end is, we, 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 the world is built with Shabbos, Mila, and Bris. Shabbos, Mila, and Rosh and Bris. Hashem says, it's all yours, the world is yours. It's all Hashem's. We work together, and I finish my drush, Hashem should help us, which was to everything good. The Torah lecture that you just heard is dedicated to the memory of Arav Shimshon David Arav Chaim Avram Pinkus Atzal, his wife Chaim Mindel Aleya Shalom, and his daughter Miriam Aleya Shalom, who are together tragically taken from us in a fatal car accident on Yudbe's Nissan Tovshin Samachalaf. Rabbi Shimshon Pinkus Atzal was one of the founders of Shalhevis. 
He shared his Torah wisdom with us for 16 years and participated in close to 100 Shalhevis weekend seminars and in many, many more lectures. His potent messages passed on to his listeners, his strong and serving bond to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and his enthusiasm in Kiyim and Kedishas HaMitzvahs and Kedishas Hazmanim. His words brought individuals close to the Rebbeinu Shalolam, and his pure Torah Dei so beautifully presented, instilled Yiddish character and true Torah values into Jewish homes that will be sensed and still in generations to come. We are grateful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for this chus of having recorded all his lectures to share with Kal Yisrael. His words will live on and continue to inspire us and bring us closer to Hashem by serving Him better. It is our fervent fillah that any steps of growth acquired from this lecture to be as chus for his aliyah's neshama, harav shimshain david ben harav chaim of ramzatzal, and for the aliyah's neshama of his wife and daughter, chaim mindel and miriam aleim ashalim. For additional cassettes, please contact Shalhevis at 718-633-3005 or 718-438-7332. We're located in Borough Park on 1270 48th Street, Brooklyn, New York, 11219.